kids, they said. It will be fun, they said. Who the heck are they anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride, one that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I'll be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast, and today is going to be a really fun episode. I'm talking with my new friend. Hi, Jamie. Hi. How's it going? Good. Super excited for today. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to have you. So I'm going to just talk a little bit about your, I'm going to read your bio, and I'm going to tell the listeners what our episode is about today, and then we'll get started and dive right in. So as you all know, hopefully, because you've been following along, um, this month has been all about inspiring mamas and powerful women. And I couldn't think of a more inspiring person than my new friend, Jamie Jolly. Um, I'm super excited to talk to you today because, well, there's a few reasons. You're a co-author in our upcoming book, You've Got This Boss Mama. Yay! Um, (laughs) You are a total boss, and the listeners will know as soon as I read your bio. And one of the coolest parts, well, I'm just going to read your bio because it's all in there. Okay. (laughs) Jamie knows a thing or two about beauty as a professional makeup artist, permanent makeup artist, and educator, elite microblading technician, health and wellness consultant, and certified esthetician. She brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to her craft. I'd say so. (laughs) Wow. That's a resume. Um, She's one of the most sought after beauty professionals across Canada. Jamie's worked out of boutique salons throughout the country, continuously staying on top of the newest trends and techniques. She's a natural born entrepreneur. She's founded three enterprises, including owning and operating her own spa all before the age of 30. She currently coaches other women in business, networking, and skills development. Jamie's got a mighty impressive bio, but don't be intimidated because she is as down to earth as they come. Quick to laugh and low maintenance, (laughs) this professional lives east of the Muskokas in an off-grid cordwood home that her and her husband built in the bush. Wow. I'm, that's the, that's it. I'm just super <laughs> She's also got three kids and animals and she's, she'll be mucking around in the outdoors. That's where you'll find her. And you could say she leads a double life. She's a homesteader and a jet setter. I love it so much. <laughs> so it's a I'll tell very you, exciting life. Yeah, well, I'll tell you why I love this so much. So people that know me well, possibly not all of our listeners, um, if they've like tuned into every single episode, maybe they do. But I, this has been a dream of mine since forever. 
I live in the city currently and I've been sort of dying to get out of the city for a very long time. And it's funny because off grid has been this big conversation in our household for, oh, I don't know, like two years. And my husband and I, we started sort of like watching YouTube videos and it started out as just like a fun little thing. And it's honestly become an obsession. We watch several YouTubers that do this off grid homestead thing. Um, one of them, I don't know if you're familiar, but it's called Wild Wonderful Off Grid. It's this Absolutely. adorable couple with three kids. <laughs> like, is that, is that you? Um, but yeah, like just, they're so, so cute. Um, I'll put a link to their show in the show notes as well. Cause it's awesome. But you know, it's, it's just so amazing. Like the lifestyle because it creates so much freedom and I just, I can't uh, dive in. So I'm going to let you talk a bit because that was about you not about me, but I am just so enamored by all of it. So tell me, tell me more about this off-grid life. Like, how did, how did it happen? What's your story? That's a really good question. I, um, I actually grew up in the suburbia of Toronto kind of area. Um, so I'm used to your everyday life. And I was actually 19 when I moved to this small town. Uh, we had a cottage in the area and I absolutely loved going to the cottage and I absolutely dreaded to drive home every Sunday. So once I was done my post-secondary schooling, it just kind of made sense to move into this small town Bancroft. Um, and once I did that, I shortly thereafter met my now husband, Mackenzie, whom I adore, but he was this, I always call him my dirty hippie husband, <laughs> because literally, that's who he was when I first met him. And he was, he was more raised, I guess, in this kind of lifestyle. Uh, so he had become more accustomed to off the grid living and sustainable buildings, um, and just a greener living. And so once I met him, it kind of opened my eyes up to this whole new world that I really didn't think was there or it was like too far for, you know, your average person to actually do something crazy like this, uh, who was, you know, used to having really hot showers and blow drying her hair and, you know, all those things that <laughs> is electricity, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it, he opened my eyes and I really, it boiled down to just kind of a mind frame of, you know, wanting to know if I could do it on my own, if I could go without, you know, all those conveniences that life kind of brings us of, you know, living off the grid and, you know, buying your traditional, you know, home that's been, you know, they're all kind of the same on the street, which there's nothing wrong with that because that's totally how I was raised and I appreciate it. And there's definitely days when I kind of actually miss it, but it's nice to kind of step out of the norm and be a little bit different. Absolutely. I think it's so cool. And obviously, as I just shared with you, we've been doing obsessive research and it really is kind of the new way of life, right? So we've been looking at, you know, how to get your own timber, make your own timber and build your own stuff and um, wood stove or cook stove. Cook stove is our big obsession at the moment. Like we really yeah. want to get a cook stove and have animals. We want to have chickens for eggs and, you know, just a garden where you can go outside and pick your food. It's so hard to find these days. Um, you know, the places that we've been sort of looking around, there's strawberry farms up the street and it's just such a beautiful 
It's just so and, different. It's just and different. And that's honestly like the best way to describe it is literally it's it's beautiful. Like it's it's a piece of us as humans that I feel like we've almost kind of started to detach over the years from. And once you get back into nature and just kind of looking at it at a different view, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you used to call, I'm sure you don't call your husband a dirty hippie anymore. Maybe you do. <laughs> Thing. We'll, we'll leave that to you guys. But it's funny because I think that's the impression that a lot of people get with this sort of sustainable lifestyle and, you know, living off grid. It's like, oh, well, you know, you can't shower and you're dirty and, but it's not true at all. There's so many alternative ways to, to do everything that don't Absolutely. require your, I mean, somewhat destroying the planet, right? Like we all know what's good and what's bad. <laughs> We've all been sort of educated on what's happening to our precious world. And, you know, it's yeah. just so nice to see people making big waves and taking steps in the right direction to, to do what's right for the earth and to do what's right for, I think it's also so cool. Like side note, to watch our children explore. I think um, we live in a society right now that we over- do everything for our kids. We overprogram them. We overstimulate them. We put them in too many activities. They're constantly go, go, go. Watching a child just touch the earth and play with a wild animal, like a turkey or something is such a precious thing. It's so beautiful. Absolutely. Especially like it's the freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Because again, like you say, like we're living such, you know, scheduled lives and our children are pretty much told what to do and when to do it their entire life. And then we kind of send them out into the world and it's like, okay, here, here you go. Figure out now your own time schedule and how you can figure it out. And just to be able to allow a little bit more of that free thinking, you know, yes. going outside and we don't, we actually just bought our first TV probably two months ago. <laughs> so our kids have been raised with no TV this entire time. And so it kind of forces them to, you know, go outside and use that imagination that is so quickly taken from our kids these days. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice to know that they have that as an option, right? And just an appreciation again, like you say, for those basic necessities of life that the world, you know, especially with water these days, like that's a hot yeah. commodity, you know, and we're so quick here in North America to use our, you know, high flushing toilets and taking those really hot showers and, you know, all those things that are so many people in the world would be so grateful just to be able to drink that water and we're they're showering and washing it away in a sense we have a different like you would walk into our house and you wouldn't necessarily know that we live the way that we do but we're forced to make different decisions because of the power consumption that it uses right sure. and water is one of those ones definitely we're on like my husband is a very strict shower meter man he is you know we have very strict shower rules and how quick and <laughs> all of that stuff. <laughs> but you get used to it, right? You, it Absolutely. becomes the way you're accustomed of doing things and then you get used to it and you know that you're doing good on the planet right. and you're teaching your children incredible behaviors and incredible, like powerful skills for the future. I just think it's so, it's so great what you're doing. How do you find the kids 
are? Like, how are they adjusting? They Do they go to school? Do you homeschool them? Like, how? what's the deal with your kiddos? And how so, old are we are kind of like, I'd say more of like the modern day kind of living the lifestyle, I guess. So our kids, we definitely live this lifestyle, but our kids still go to school. We did mm-hmm. homeschool my middle son for a little bit, but it was like in junior kindergarten. He wasn't doing so, like he just wasn't ready for that sit down and play. So yeah. we pulled him out and that was fine, but they've always gone to school. Um, again, I think that's all they know, our kids. So we, they never really grew up in anything else. They've literally been born in this home. And um, so they don't know any different. And I think that's a beautiful thing. But at the same time, there are struggles because it is a different life. And, uh, you know, so we very much so encourage the kids you know, to have a little bit more of an independence. So like to go and ride their bike and go see if their friends are, you know, home from school or something like that, rather than, you know, texting or calling or what have you. And I'm finding that other parents aren't as much so like that. Mm -hmm. And again, we didn't have a TV for the longest time. So when they would go over to friends, they'd become zombies and (laughs) they'd just be like oh my god tv let's do it let's do it let's do it and it was totally fine everything in moderation but we do find that there are some differences just that the kids are used to a certain way and then it's another way that's all Mm -hmm. but they're adaptable kids are adaptable right Absolutely. And I think that's something that we forget. I tell a lot of my clients this all the time. It's like, we're all so scared of parenting, right? And I I think a lot of that has to do with society and the way us as mothers are being raised, right? It's like, be scared of this, be scared of that. Fear, 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 (laughs) shame, shame, shame. There's, There's so many fingers being pointed that it is terrifying. It's like, oh, that person's child is eating a non-organic strawberry and that person's child is eating something out of a package. And, oh, you know, there's just so much judgment. And And that's it, the judgment, exactly. So much of it. And I think that's, you know, a major cause of all of these problems is just like, we're putting that kind of stress on our children through our parenting skills that we've adopted from all of this hate and all this shame and judgment that's going around. And I think we could all benefit from like a whole you do you sort of blanket (laughs) attitude when it comes to parenting, because every child is different. Every parent is different. Every situation is different. And you don't know what's going on inside of all those different places. Right. So I always tell my clients, like your kids aren't going to remember all of it. You're not traumatizing them by, you know, maybe formula feeding them or giving them non-organic food a couple of times because that's what's available or by letting them co-sleep or by letting them sleep on the floor or whatever it is, right? It's like, you're not (laughs) traumatizing them for life. It's not going to be the be all and end all. They're not going to remember what happened to them when they were 18 months old, you know, because I'm not talking trauma. I'm talking like these little things that we over-exaggerate in our minds that they're I feel like we all as mothers need to hear your voice go off every morning to tell us that because that is something that we so often forget is that exactly like we stress mm-hmm. ourselves out over the small small tiny tiny little things and mornings for me and my children are absolutely so rough these days and you know so there's typically a little bit of a battle before they're leaving the house and then I just feel so awful because we just left and there was this battle and that was like our final terms before they left the house and then I beat myself up all day because of something little like that, right? 
Yeah. Mom guilt is a real thing. It's, it's such a powerful thing. And don't get me wrong. I'm no like magician. I feel it too. It's just, I recognize it. And then I move past it. I say, okay, this is not real. This is just that little voice in my head, that little mean girl, little mean mama (laughs) saying, (laughs) oh, you just did this. And now your kids will be traumatized for life. And guess what? Five minutes later, they forgot. So they're totally fine. (laughs) They're totally fine. So yeah, I think, I think a big thing, you know, we need to learn from your situation, from my situation, from all moms is just like, everyone's different and that's okay, right? We just have to sort of learn to love and accept people for who they are and where they are and how they do things. And easier said than done, I know. <laughs> like here I am, candy coating the world. <laughs> but it would just be picturesque. Such a, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, such an amazing place if we could, yeah. if we could all see it that way, right? Well, even if it's just like one step at a time, right? Like just love on one other mama at a time. And that's sort of what my vision is with YGT Mama. It's just to create this like safe space for unity in motherhood. Because like, it doesn't matter if you live in a yurt. And I'm going to ask you what a yurt (laughs) is in a second. It doesn't matter if you live in a yurt or a trailer or a mansion or a castle or a boat. Like being a mom is being a mom. Like we all have, we all come up against the same challenges. We all come up against the same, you know, internal struggles. But at the end of the day, like that's all it is. Those are the things that we have in common. And those are the things that we need to work on together, right? That's the unity in motherhood. And then everything else is a shit show. It's (laughs) pretty much like (laughs) trying to figure it out. And that's going to be different for every person. So we can't blanket statement any of it. And that's why when I started writing, you've got this mama, like I chose to go the co-authored route because nobody wants to hear my voice go on and on and on for hours and hours. You know, that's like, it's all about collaboration. It's all about working together and sharing different stories and different voices because what doesn't resonate with one person from my life, you know, your story will or somebody else's story will. And that's why I think it's so powerful. And I just, I love every person I talk to on this show, I get a little bit closer to that vision of like overall unity. So, so thank you for being here and helping me with that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Okay. Back on topic. What's a yurt? <laughs> Tell me. What okay. So, um, back when I met my husband, uh, that's when we decided to buy ourselves a yurt. So that was like our first kind of vision into the sustainable living and off the living all those things was this yurt and it's the most interesting building ever it is round um in size it doesn't really it doesn't really it's not a necessity to have any sort of like screws to hold it together it kind of all just supports itself but really at the end of the day it's a glorified tent and the yurt is now it's what we lived in for two years before we had children Um, but it's now just our master bedroom and it's attached to the rest of the house through a hallway so but it's like it's like winter camping all year all year long wow so is it insulated or so it it's it's definitely so our walls are made up of lattice so you know lattice like the slatted wood like that and then the outside of that is a bubble wrap insulation and the bubble wrap insulation is bone r7 and i believe like your typical house is like r20 or maybe 
I think R20, I don't really know building mm -hmm. much, but ours is an R7. So literally as soon as we heat the place, it leaves the building immediately. Uh, so we have to keep heat in there all the time, pumping very, very hard um, to keep it warm. And then on the outside of the bubble wrap insulation, it's just a boat canvas. So our walls are like two inches thick. Wow. Um, I actually just Googled oh, And I can guarantee you that uh, anyone else who's listening will do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> You must, you must, because I my description never does it any justice. The photos always make it look so much nicer. They originated in Mongolia, I believe. Um, beautiful. I mean, but, it is yeah. beautiful to look at, but I can't imagine in Canadian, like, minus 30 winters, how efficient it would be. So do you heat with wood, like fire? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we heat solely with wood, but we've, I guess we're on our second year. This is our second year that we've fully been able to 100% all winter long stay in the yurt. Typically, before that, we would um, we would stay in like the spare bedroom in the main building uh, throughout the winter because we could only keep a thirty degree difference. So, if it was zero, perfect. If it was ten, perfect. If it was minus twenty, it's starting to get cold. If it's minus thirty outside, which very often here in you know Ontario we get those kinds of temperatures, it's really cold in there, and there's yeah. no point in having there's no point in being in there. But um, what we've done now is we just have an excess of heat going in there. So we have like a wood stove that heats 2,000 square feet. We have enough radiators on the walls to heat 2,000 square feet. And then we have in-floor heating as well. Uh, so there's enough to heat like 5,000 square feet. It's only 400. Amazing. So literally, it's just pumping heat constantly. So we do go through more wood than probably, I guess, the average person to keep it alive. Sure. But it honestly, it comes down to like, the, it's like romantic. Like it's just this beautiful, yeah. awesome thing that we get to live in. And it can be a huge pain in the butt, but we love it. And it's ours and it's, you know. It's amazing. And the best part is, and not that we've ever actually moved it, but the main reason why we initially got it was because it's something that you can like attend, put up and take down in a weekend and you can move it anywhere you wanted to. That's so cool. it gave us that freedom. Yeah, totally. That's super cool. But so now, one, more, one more nerdy technical question yeah. that I wanted to ask you some more relevant mom questions. But, <laughs> um, so do you guys have a cook stove then? Okay, so when we first lived in the yurt, when it was only the yurt, we did have a cook stove, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. And it's very interesting learning how to cook on fire. It was a totally, because when we first had the yurt, we had, like, there was no solar, no running water. It was literally a yurt in the middle of the forest. Wow. Um, yeah, it this was, was before a wild kids, experience. Obviously. This is prior to children, yeah. yeah. We actually raised my first daughter, uh, Scarlett. She was raised there until six months. Oh my and gosh. then we found out, yeah, then we found out we were pregnant with the second, surprise. Wow. And it was like, okay, it's time to build a home. Crazy, so crazy. Yeah. Okay, so how do you find the balance, the transition, like being, you know, a bush girl and obviously, you know, a fancy vanity makeup city girl, at heart. I mean, your job is like you own three businesses, you're a professional makeup artist, a professional permanent makeup artist, microblading. Like these are words that, you know, you wouldn't think people <laughs> in New York would even know what they are. I didn't even know yeah. what they were. And, you know, all of these things, like how do you, how do you find that? That must be so crazy. It, it honestly, there's there for a very long time, there was a little bit of a struggle because I have like, you know, this feminist type view in a sense. Um, I'm always like scared to, I guess, say that word. I don't want it taken, but I just, 
I want women to not feel the pressure that they, you know, have to look a certain way or be a certain way to be validated in today's society. And I feel sometimes the, you know, beauty industry in general kind of gets put down in a negative view because of that. So there was this struggle there. Um, I came across a couple of things throughout my business, um, finding, you know, specific brands that I was working with, finding, you know, the greener choices out of those. So it was nice to be able to find that kind of balance because again, you know, the beauty industry can be stocked full of chemicals and the way I live my life, I want to try to stay as far away from that as possible. Uh, So incorporating that, but really at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing that kind of helped me overcome it was women's choice in general. And, you know, at the end of the day, if they want to look a certain way or enhance a certain thing about themselves, that's their choice. And for me to judge that choice, because it wasn't, you know, because I had this idea that society was making them, it was... It's, I find it's empowering for me to allow women to feel the best that they want to feel, regardless of what society is telling them. For sure. I don't know if that makes any sense at all. No, that totally makes sense. And it's it's interesting because I, I know a lot of moms that are in the cosmetic industry, not just like makeup and stuff, but, you know, full-on cosmetic surgery. And yeah. they get a lot of slack from certain types of people and you know it goes back to what we were talking about before like you do you like you know yes there's people out there who you can tell they've clearly taken it too far with injections in the face and things and stuff like but at the end of the day like you don't have to look at that every day. Like it's yeah. up to them. You do you. It's your face. Do what you want. And with if it. it makes them happy, like yeah. who are we to take that away? Regardless 100%. of why that's making them happy. If yeah. they're happy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it it's actually like a, a small pet peeve of mine that drives me nuts is judgment. I just really despise judgment all around and that's of anything like we don't have the right to judge another person I don't believe that that's fair so I think it's wonderful what you do to you know make people feel good about themselves it's what I do in a a different way I don't have the skill set to make people beautiful but I can make people feel good inside their brains like again the inspiration like the mental aspect of this life is a whole other, you know what I mean? Like it's a whole other world out there. And I find that anyone like yourself, that's exactly, you know, you're helping people feel beautiful on the inside. Yeah. Where sometimes that can be be the ugliest spot, right? Yeah, exactly. And I I think to be beautiful is to be beautiful on both the inside and the outside. And the only person that you have to sit with at the end of the day is yourself. So if you feel beautiful when you look in the mirror and you feel beautiful on the inside when you speak to people and you can sleep at night knowing that you have a good soul and a good heart, then that's beauty right there. That's all of it. That's all encompassing beauty, right? So for sure. And we all need help with that. Like I get my hair done, you know, I go to the gym, I try to eat as healthy as possible. You know, I'm coming to you for my eyebrows soon. (laughs) We all have to, we all got those things. We all got those feel goods. And you know, if it's injections or surgery or whatever, like stop judging people. (laughs) It's all, (laughs) but yeah, I I think also on that, it's, it's probably also a part that kind of drove me to kind of push me to do what I've done is 
the fact that I did have some judgment and some doubters initially, especially coming from the industry, finding out, you know, who I was in the background, there was a lot of like doubt and judgment of like, who are you and who do you think you are coming into this industry when you're standing for these things outside of it? And it was interesting. And it, it kind of forced me to, you know, you got to, you got to take everything and, you know, turn it into a positive, right? Mm -hmm. So when we potentially do come across those judgmental moments, it's taking it and running with it and using it for, you know, the better, right? Yeah. And you're always going to find those people. Always. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. It doesn't matter how old you are, how many kids you have, what, whatever. Like always, yeah. they're going to be there. The haters, the mean girls, the people that want to tear you down, that want to hurt you for whatever reason. I was actually just talking about this with my husband because I get it too. And he's just like, oh, they're just jealous. But it's like, it hurts, right? <laughs> it still I hurts. Don't yeah, I was listening to a podcast with Brene Brown and she was talking about how like, it, never read the reviews. She's like, don't read the reviews. Just don't go there. Because <laughs> she was talking about a talk that she did and everyone who said something negative was talking about like her weight and her physique and how can she be talking about healthy lifestyle when, you know, she's Good 20 Lord. pounds overweight. Like it was just ridiculous, hurtful, yeah. mean things that don't even make sense. Cause she wasn't talking about healthy lifestyle from, you know, a physical standpoint. She was talking about mental health and, you know, shame and judgment and all these things. And here, the, here are these here they are. random stupid things. So yeah, it's just, you know, that's what I always tell my clients now too. Don't read the reviews. And that's not a literal thing. It's like, don't listen to those people because they're yeah. always going to exist. And if you let them in to your safe bubble, where you're doing good things and you're trying to help other people do good things, then it's just going to taint all of that goodness. Right. So yeah, don't, Absolutely. don't read the reviews. <laughs> sound <laughs> advice. Don't read them. Um, so I also wanted to ask you, you know, being like doing what you're doing, what are the pros and cons of it? Like, obviously, you know, the showers and the things that you've already told us about, but like in everyday life as a mom, what would you say the pros and cons are? Of living off the grid specifically? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, oh, gosh. I honestly not, and I don't want this taken the wrong way by any means because we all got our things for sure. But I find for myself, it, it kind of forces my own self-discipline as a mom with kids and, you know, being in a world full of electronics and social media. And it's so easy, especially as an entrepreneur to be so caught up on your phone and devices when you're at home. And when I'm at home, because of our lifestyle and the way that we live, I'm kind of forced out of that a little bit, um, which has been a blessing very much so. Um, just again, to be able to take that time to have that one-on-one, -on -one, that eye contact that, you know, down on the floor play with the children is absolutely amazing. So I love it so much for that. Um, we've in like, I don't even know if anyone really cares to hear this, but in the world of off the grid living in tiny homes and the governments that be don't make it always the easiest to live these lifestyles. So that is something to know before you kind of jump into it that um, the banks don't like you very much and, you know, your municipalities don't always like you very much. So do your research and, you know, in that aspect, know what you're getting yourself into. But other than that, 
in my mind, there's no cons to off-the-grid living. It is the way of the future. More people should jump into it. It's exciting. It's creating new routines. And again, it brings us back to where I think we all secretly just want to go. Like I hear people all the time saying, I just want to get away from it all, go to a cabin in the middle of the woods and kind of just get away from it all. And yeah. it's, it's easier than we think. And cause I know that I was one of those people that I was like, no way. Like, how can I <laughs> stop watching Grey's Anatomy or CSI or whatever I was watching in that moment? And, you know, or how can I, again, initially when we were just with the year with no solar panels or anything like that, you know, we didn't have light. So it was learning to carry around matches. And so we could always light lanterns when we got into the home and it's just creating new routines, but it's exciting. And, it feels good going to bed at night, knowing that even on the smallest scale that we're making a difference and hopefully our, we've you know educated our children enough in this lifestyle that they can continue to make difference in the future. Mm, it's so beautiful and so powerful. And right. I, I just admire so much what you're doing. Do you ever get scared? Like scared of wild animals, scared of like the dark, scared <laughs> of like being alone. I don't know. All the things that like people would Absolutely. Ask. I am the worst. As much as I love it up here, I am the worst. Like everyone always is like, why do you live where you live? Like I hate bugs. I hate bugs. Mm-hmm. And we, like bug season here is brutal, but it's again, the price you pay because we live in a yurt and that's our master bedroom. A yurt is never really sealed. It's like a tent. So, um, you know, the other day I posted a photo on uh, social media of a snake that had just got into our year and it was stuck in our lattice walls. And we've had flying squirrels in there and like birds. And it's <laughs> insane the amount of wildlife that has gotten into our house. But um, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> but I'm, I'm honestly, I'm terrified of bears. At the end of the day, I, that's my probably biggest fear living the way that I live. And again, not just being in the middle of nowhere, but living in a yurt because our walls yeah. are thin. And, you know, if we have any bear in our country here, you know, it just takes one paw mark at that yurt and they're inside. So that's the part that is a little bit terrifying. We are luckily where we live, we are surrounded by other farms that have animals. And so with all of that kind of going on, typically we don't have too many of the scary wildlife around. Um, so that's crossed do you fingers. Have any animals? What kind of animals do you have? So currently we just have dogs and cats, um, but we've definitely had pigs and chickens in the past. Um, and it's just in the last probably year um, that my business has really taken off and I've been on the road just that much more. Right. It is really hard. It's, it's a job on its own. It really is farm animals and it's a commitment. It 100% is a commitment. And if you can't be there, then you have to bring people in that can be there. Right. Yeah. And that's a big ask unless you're paying somebody yeah. to do that, <laughs> like a full-time It's not farmer. just like letting your dog out once or twice a day. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's crazy. I can just picture you when you were telling that story about the snake, like, you know, take removing <laughs> the snake from your yurt wall and then like showing up at your spa to microblade somebody's eyebrows. Just yeah, such an no interesting big deal. <laughs> life. It really is a double life, but a double life of the best kind. What a There you go. The best of both story. worlds, right? I get yeah. to play with pretty things things, but get my hands dirty too. 
Well, and I love how the reason I reached out and wanted you on the show is because I recently read your chapter in You've Got This Boss Mama. And (laughs) it just, it sat with me in such a, a cool way because, well, as you know, I've said a thousand times just in this episode alone, <laughs> I want to live off grid and I, I really am moving closer and closer towards that sustainable lifestyle. But, you know, I was a model for 20 years. I've traveled the world. I've worked in fashion. I, you know, then was an event planner for almost a decade. And I worked with like high powered clients in a male dominated industry. So like I've done all of that stuff too. Yeah. Obviously my, my career now is much more organic, like writing and, you know, hosting programs for people and coaching and working with moms. And, you know, it's a lot more chill and on that same wavelength, which I think is such a beautiful thing. I want to have like writers retreats and um, have like such such an awesome property where everyone can connect and be together in person and like fly in and to be off grid for a while. And I want tree houses and, you know, rope swings and ponds and animals and like, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. Just to have the chance to unplug for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And these are, you know, my five, 10 year goals down the road to like host these retreats and stuff. But it's, it's definitely like when I read your story, I could picture all of that. Like it was so inspiring to me because you're doing it right. Like you're you're there, you're, you're getting closer and closer to exactly what I want down the road. So it's just so cool. And I wanted to, that makes you so happy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I want to maybe open the eyes of other people who like a lot of people don't even really realize this this life exists. I mean, I only very recently when I found, you know, the wild, wonderful off-grid YouTube channel and some of the other (laughs) ones that I follow, did this even become like something to me? You know, I always knew I wanted to be in the country and I wanted animals and I wanted chickens and I wanted to like have land and not look in my neighbor's bathroom window while I'm going to the bathroom. Yeah. (laughs) Hi neighbor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Right. And it's, that's what the city is. You're paying 20 times for 20 times more for property to live in essentially like a shoebox with no property. Absolutely. And again, to each their own, if that's 100% for you, 100%. amazing. It's just, I knew like there's always been this gut thing inside of me going like, no, you've got to go, you've got to get out of here. And that's, you know, when I discovered this sort of off grid living, I'm like, ah, that's it. That's it's calling you. It's yeah, it's calling, calling me. It's calling me home. <laughs> so yeah, that's watch out, people. It's like my one, my one year goal is to be off grid. So that's a quick one. And then like my two year plan is to be hosting writer and mommy so retreats for, for all of our peeps. So yeah. Anyway, so where can our mamas find you? Where can our listeners find you? Like other than in a Good yurt. Question. Yeah. <laughs> find me in yurt. Yeah. Uh, you can definitely head over to my website. It's www.jamiejolly.com. Um, I'm always on social media, definitely Instagram and Facebook. Um, my handle, I guess it's called is Jamie Jolly M U A standing for makeup artist. Cause I always get asked that. And that, those are the two main places, social media and my website. Everything awesome. about me is on there. And I'll post everything in the show notes so people can come check you out if they're in your area. And Perfect. if not, they can follow you on social media because um, you're fun to follow. I've been following you now for a while too. And, <laughs> and I do, I do travel. So and, yeah, it's not always here in Bancroft, but I do like That's I work awesome. out 
in Alberta and all that stuff too. So it's lots of fun. So fun. And what a, what a nice break for you to get out of the yurt and go travel around a little bit. Like it sounds like you've got, I usually steer away from the word balance because I think it creates some negative undertones and unrealistic expectations, but it sounds yeah. like you've got like the the give and take thing going on quite well. I try really hard. I feel like I've been like, since I turned 20, I was struggling so hard to find that balance. And I feel like it was once I finally accepted that this balance thing isn't as real as we think it is, or, you know, it's hard to find that exact balance. Once I gave into that, it was amazing how everything just started to kind of fall into place. Absolutely. And I tell my coaching clients that all the time. It's like, don't strive for balance, especially in motherhood like strive for imbalance because it's ever flowing it's fluid it's never going to look like a type rope or a scale you know it's always going to be moving and fluctuating and changing and if you're so rigid in looking for this achieving this balance it's it's going to throw you off you're going to fall you're going to like hurt yourself trying to stay still and that's sort of like motherhood is is a, I say it even in the credits of the show, like motherhood is a crazy ride. It, really <laughs> is. Like it, you is. Can't it is. Look for balance because it'll never happen. So when you actually strive for imbalance, it's like finding those little bits that excite you and make you happy and piece them all together. That's when yeah. you'll, you'll you be get your success okay. stories. Yeah. Well, and I like that you use the word surrender because that's a, yes. a big one in my world as well. And it, the yeah. surrendering does not mean giving up, lying down, turning over, Surrendering is not a negative word. Surrendering just no. means sort of like allowing things to flow the way they're meant to flow instead yep. of losing it when Fighting it doesn't it go your time <laughs> and always resisting. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jamie, so much for being on the show. Thank I, you so much for having pleasure. me. <laughs> so much fun chatting with you, like to the point where I think once we stop recording, I'm still going to ask you a dozen questions because I'm just <laughs> fascinated by all of it. But thank you for being on the show. And um, I will post everything in the show notes for our listeners to track you down. And I just can't wait for Boss Mama to launch and to share your story with the world even more so exciting thank you so much thank you and listeners you know the drill head on over uh, to wherever you get your daily listen and give us a review and a rating and be sure to subscribe to the tribe and we will catch you next week thank you so much for tuning in i'm sabrina greer your host and you've been listening to you've got this mama the podcast you can follow us at YGT Mama and join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram to get more information on the stories we share here, our community, our books, or the blog. Head on over to www.ygtmama.com. You can also access the show notes there. If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your daily listen and subscribe to the tribe. Rate and review this podcast. That helps keep us alive and we deeply value every review. I would like to thank the production team and Megan Krumpetich, our producer, for making this happen. Thank you so much to all of you for giving us your ear. We hope you tune in next week. But in the meantime, please remember, you've got this, Mama.